my ding-a-ling? Your ding-a-lingy thing. I better get it all in the right place, actually. Yeah, there we are. That's good. What thing? Uh, your um, secrets. <laughs> what shit? Um, <laughs> your um, surprising things. Oh, um, the Branson, <laughs> the, the Branson <laughs> graphical article thing, I'm Yeah, 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 I yeah. Think it's really good, actually. Yeah, like it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. I am Anthony, and I'm JB, and we're off. We are. And we're off um, uh, on another exciting trip. We must find out first for the listeners the um, find what happened on the rest of your birthday after recording ended, because of course. There was a surprise which the listeners were aware of, and then you had that surprise in the parcel from me, and then you had a day, I believe, with your good lady. How was it? Ah, yes. God, it seems a long time ago. But uh, yes, no, uh, I had lots of gifts. Did I tell you about my utility belt? No. Is this Nathan's utility belt? (laughs) Well, uh, it's the, the most beautiful leather um, velvety sounds a bit kinky, doesn't it? But That's, it's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful leathery belt, and in it I will be able to put all my tools: uh, my screwdrivers, my hammers, my electric uh, drill, and all of that sort of business. It all goes inside it. But on my birthday, mm. uh, it was full of booze. Uh, so each of the little slots where you'd normally put a hammer or or whatever, in went a whole load of alcohol. You did tell me about this utility belt. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was all quite entertaining and uh, lots of zooms uh, with all my various children and uh, got nicely tiddled and piddled and uh, stayed up until about two in the morning uh, having a bit of a um, bit of a blast with a with a socially distant friend nice nice called phil oh hi phil is he a listener not yet. Hmm. Well, now we've said... He keeps th- saying he'll listen, Phil. but I know he hasn't. Phil, it's about two minutes into the recording, um, so we'll make sure we WhatsApp you, Phil, to say listen to two minutes into the recording because we're going to give you a shout-out. In addition, by the way, I must give a shout-out to Kate because I just said to her this morning, would you like a shout-out today? And she said, yes, please. So, hello, Kate. Oh, there we go. Lovely Kate. Yes. And so, she wrapped my box up, didn't she? Sh- I beg your pardon? <laughs> How dare you? Does Christabel know? <laughs> was it Kate who wrapped it up? Because it, it was. was so beautifully done. It was. And they were very grateful of the video of you opening it. I, in fact, they I think I sent you a message to say that they both think my wife and sister-in-law both believe that you should be one of those people on YouTube that unwraps presents on camera just to discover stuff. Um, well, I did enjoy it. It was also nicely wrapped. And in there was, uh, just for the listener's benefit, uh, there was a, a water bottle thing yeah. uh, for drinking lots of water uh, there was a two mugs in fact uh, one from the Ian Dale uh, for the many uh, that was in there plus the tri-digital mug plus my clock which is now working and I have to say good. That's ba- all was good. the battery stuff was it yeah um, and the mouse mat uh, I, I'm being a bit unconventional with my mouse mat it looks like a plaque now because I'm going to put it on my shed my inner shed wall because it looks like here oh, here I lies here here is headquarters um headquarters of tri digital and i just thought it was be, be better more visual yeah. on my shed 
than as a mouse mat. Nice. Very nice. Oh. So I'm pretty well branded now. Excellent. Um, I have to say there's not much in periphery vision is there on my camera today, but there you go. Um, anyway, for the benefits of the listener, the usual format, terms and conditions apply. You submit your questions. We answer them. In addition to a series of articles of the week, you can email us at globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com. There is one question in the inbox, which I haven't read yet, so we'll have to read it, read it real time towards the end of the pod. In addition, you can use the social media pages, Global Leadership Podcast. Look for the light blue logo. Not, there's another one, Global Leadership, which is a dark blue. You need the light blue. Um, that's the right one. I had someone message me to that effect. I said, yes, I'm aware of it. And I think it's um, something about some leadership summit and it's kind of a... Anyway, Can't be as good. No, 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 no. And anyway, so do submit your questions. Do submit your articles. We have uh, some interesting topics to talk about this week because I want JB to talk about something he talked about with me on another meeting, I think it was. I think it was a program we were doing actually, and it really inspired me. It's about a B day, um, or B billet. Uh, yeah, that quote. Do you have a B day? Um, I wish I did. Unfortunately, we're not middle class enough for a B day. Um, okay. So we're, we're the, the B day quote. Um, wanted to talk about um, the article that you mentioned at the beginning of the recording, and of course, your beautiful article as well. Um, and then, if if we have time, which I'm conscious we're tight on time. Um, was quite keen to talk about um, how you and I have adapted what we do in a remote world. And I'm wondering some rhetorical questions about how adaptable businesses are to be able to adapt what they do similarly. Because if remote working and, hey, lockdown after lockdown could be for the foreseeable until everyone is vaccinated or the, the virus has gone to such a low level that we are happy to take those risks, how ready are businesses for this long term? Because I, I get the impression that a vaccine being announced, people think we'll just sit this out and everything will magically go back to normal. So those were the things I hope to talk about. Plus, of course, your article and the listeners' questions. Wow. Mm. This is, I think this could be potentially quite a good podcast whether the listeners like it or not, I, I'm not entirely sure. But I'm quite excited about this. Uh, it's it's absolutely on the money. If the bloody pubs were open, yes, this is what people will be talking about. Yeah. What do and they do now then? Do they just they just talk to their dog about it? I think people have got a whole load of pent up non pub uh, kind of stuff conversation to come. So when we all get let back into the pub, we're going to be spouting forth with an awful lot of stuff. I'd, I'm I'm going to go bonkers. I'd, I've got so much in my head that needs releasing. Nice, nice. Into the wild. Who wants to go first? And do you want to do your article or mine or 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 the B day? And I, well, I I think mm. yours first because. Okay. I think it sets the scene really, really nicely for the other parts, okay. if I may say. Fine. So this article, Forbes, um, and it's by a gentleman uh, called Kevin Cruz, but K-R-U-S-E. Is that Tom's brother? Possibly. I'm wondering so. I'll give him a call. Um, tell us, Kevin, if you happen to listen. I'm sure you do. <laughs> 15 surprising things productive people do differently. Um, it was really interesting. Essentially, he's interviewed lots of very wealthy billionaire, millionaire, businessmen, women 
across the world and he managed to whittle down um, with um, some other people as well, um, Olympians and whatnot, what their one secret was to productivity. And um, what he's then done is consolidated those into a list of 15. So not quite the three that me and JB like to use. But anyway, and some of them really resonated with me um, and I thought it would be worth. So I'm not going to go through the whole article because it's quite extensive, but I'll just read out the 15 for the listeners and then we'll have a chat about it. There are some that jumped off the page and I thought, that's me. That's um, I must be a productive millionaire of the future. And then there were others where I thought, shit, that's not me at all. But we'll um, we'll go through them anyway. So secret one, they focus on minutes and not hours, which is interesting. They folk number two, they focus only on one thing. That's probably me. Um, Themselves. (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) It's all about moi. Yeah. Uh, Three, they don't use to do lists. Yes. Although I have, I've had to start to do lists to remain organized. Four, they heat, they beat procrastination with time travel. Um, and that's because they're time inconsistent. In other words, they buy veggies today because we think we'll eat healthily salads a week. But when we throw out the green rotting mush in the future, I bought... Mm, anyway, secret five, they, they make it home for dinner, um, which I feel guilty, but I don't always do that despite being in the same house at the minute. Six, they use a notebook. I do, although I don't have a to-do list in it. They process email only a few times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yep, mm. 100%. They avoid meetings at all costs. Uh-oh, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then in a virtual world, I wonder when this was written, actually. Uh, nine, they say no to almost everything. Oof, I'm a yes man. Um, where's 10? Oh, 10. They follow the 80-20 rule. So Pareto principle, um, 80% of the outcomes come from 20% of the activity. So ultra-productive people know which activities drive the greatest results and focus on those and ignore the rest. Uh, 11 they delegate almost everything i do delegate quite a bit they theme the days of the week so i do that actually mondays are my meeting day for example um and oh yeah you're quite good at that yeah although everyone everyone says you're nuts you always make your monday so busy yeah but it it means my meetings are done scatter them across go on sorry i think you have a nice friday i think you're you you're nice to people on friday and that's why i like speaking to you on a friday (laughs) we're recording this on a tuesday i'm kidding (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um secret 13 they touch things only once um huh? especially emails what? okay um their their other halves possibly not um they practice a consistent morning routine <laughs> i mean yeah i mean my, my routine is i come to my desk i agree 15 and finally energy is everything um which essentially i think I would agree with. So those are the 15 secrets. Uh, and I thought this article was really valuable because it's just a check-in, mental check-in as a leader about all of those things, A, for your team, but actually also for yourself, which is why I thought it was an interesting article. Mr. Bradley. Well, I thought uh, the to-do list thing, that makes an awful lot of sense. So... And, and it was a, an, an ear-opener, eye-opener thing for me because I do a lot of lists and I get quite excited when I tick them off. But his Kevin's suggestion is to stick those things in your calendar. Don't fart about with your list, to-do list. Get rid of your to-do list. 
and stick all the things that you need to do in time zones in your calendar. Now, I do that and I make a complete mess of my calendar at the moment doing it. But actually, when I think about it, that makes me a lot more productive that I've not only ticked it off, but I've ticked it off in the time area that I wanted to do it in. So I'm going to, uh, you know, if there's one thing that you take from these things, uh, it's always good, isn't it? So that mm. one thing uh, is massively useful. And focusing on minutes rather than hours, yes, yes, yes. I, I procrastinate. I am a procrastinator. And I need to be focused on the minute rather than the hour. I wasn't conscious uh, that there are 1,440 minutes in every day. There is Did a, you know there that? Is a, yes, because there is a leisure group in the UK and their website is 1440.co.uk because they, oh. they're all about making the most of every minute. That's their, their vision. I'd be a bit worried that I was so focused on making the use of every minute that I'd forget about enjoying every minute. I'd be, I'd, I'd think I might become quite anxious that I'm, oh my God, I've, oh my God, I've missed that minute. And I'm then going to beat myself up uh, that I missed that minute. I, I'm not sure that's going to entirely work for me, but I think it's good to be reminded of uh, just breaking down your day into chunks where you're going to achieve certain things but making sure that you get good breaks in between that focused attention uh, so that you can just cut out go walk the dog do something different walk around your office whatever's available it's better for you to assimilate all of that and actually to say yeah i did all that that's great on to the next people aren't very good at that i'm certainly not sometimes i i i'm better than i used to be but i find it difficult sometimes to to keep to the discipline hmm. of just getting out of my chair and walking about and doing something completely mindless uh, which allows my brain uh, to assimilate all the things that i've been doing and then i come back recharged and actually, there's usually something in my head that I wasn't even conscious that I was working on. And it's sitting down and going, oh, wow, that's clever. That's really clever of my other self in my head. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, that's quite a useful um, thing. So there's a, there's a kind of timing and structure of day there for a normal human being to be productive. But uh, we are facing um, some very, very interesting challenges aren't we uh, above and beyond how we you know like to use our time and our structure when so many things are flying in left right and center uh, causing a great deal of disruption so uh, that is quite a useful little segue i thought and into the little mini thought provoker what i wrote yes uh, i don't know whether you've had a chance to have a look at that no because i've been on calls since um, yes. you okay. did it but um well i'm going to i'm just going to try and uh convey some of the kind of meaning behind my little thought provoker in a in a nutshell because i'm conscious of time um but my my headlines on this piece is that every routine here's the here's the disruption to what we 
just said, <coughs> every routine is an invitation for disruption. So we can have all of these fancy ideas of carving up our calendars and doing everything the way that we plan. Um, but in this new world order, uh, sometimes that's not always going to work. We've got to think faster. We've got to work smarter. Um, we've got to collaborate and communicate more effectively. Every hierarchy, for example, every hierarchy in any organization is an invitation for revolution. We need to get used to this kind of no normal world, this no normal existence. I was struck by something I was reading uh, recently, and I'm going to just read a little bit of it, if that's okay. Of course. So some of the listeners might be familiar with Alpha Zero. Uh, Alpha Zero defeats Stockfish 8. And I know some of the listeners will be thinking, oh, my <laughs> God, he really is mad now. But I'm going to give you a date. This is an important date. December the 7th, 2017. Google's Alpha Zero pro program defeated the Stockfish 8 program. And the Stockfish 8 program was the world's computer chess champion in 2016. Bear with me, listeners, on this, because it's actually quite... It gets more interesting as it, I go along, does. hopefully. It does. Yeah, it does. So Stockfish 8 had access to centuries, centuries of human experience in chess, as well as decades of computer experience. This is where the statistics actually turn me on in quite a big way. And I, you know, I'm a skybird, but sometimes these things can just, oh, wow, I've got to fly down and get some of that. This computer, right, um, is capable of asset assessing 70 million chess, chess moves per second. 70 million chess moves per second. Outstanding. Now, Google's AlphaZero comes along, and it can only work on 80,000 moves per second. So from 70 million with our Stockfish 8, along comes Google's product, and it can work on only 80,000 moves per second. It hasn't been programmed with any chess strategies. Um, it only relies on self-learning. In other words, it learns by playing with itself. <laughs> ah, this is so now here's, here's the result. So they put these two things together, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to have these hundred games of chess. Best of a hundred. How how long does it take to play these games? Because I'm guessing it's pretty quick, isn't it? Oh, it bang done. So um, hundred games, right? These two uh, great big champions in the computer world are face just, each are other. Are they just two laptops <laughs> just plugged into each other? <laughs> they're probably just a couple of iPhones. <laughs> anyway, there they are. They're facing each other, and so Alpha Zero, uh, the challenger wins 28 of the games right. and tied in 72. Therefore, it didn't lose any games whatsoever. Now, this is where it gets absolutely mind-blowing. 
I'm blown already, but carry yeah, on. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, so our little Alpha Zero Challenger from Google, it learned all of this stuff from scratch, all of it. And it took on Stockfish 8 with all its centuries of learning and being filled with loads of stuff, computer stuff. How long did it take, listeners, for our little friend Alpha Zero to learn all of this and win 28 matches and tie 72? How long did it take? I'm guessing I may have given a bit of a clue away. I'm guessing by my previous comment, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's minutes. Well, it's actually uh, four hours. Wow. 100 games. It learnt from scratch. It knew nothing about chess at the beginning. And it, it won 28 and tied 72. Um, so from utter ignorance to chess master in four hours. That's amazing. Uh -huh. So now this is where I'm going to bring in uh, the quote that uh, we talked about uh, from Binet, not B-Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Binet. Yeah, the listeners are wondering, so where's the connection with this two computer finger game of chess and a B-Day? Flipping it, JB. You're scratching the barrel now. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, it's all too much. Anyway, so uh, here's here's a quote. This is this is delicious, absolutely delicious. But particularly in the context, but this does go somewhere. By the way, listeners, don't panic yet. It, you know, hopefully we'll tie this together uh, in our normal fashion. Anyway, so not always those who start out the smartest end up the smartest. Now, if it was if it was a B-Day quote, it would be not all those who start out uh, the cleanest end up the cleanest. But it's not a B-Day, it's a B-Nay, a B-Nay. So not always those who start out the smartest end up the smartest. So when we look at the human reaction to this tech, this level of technology, and we think about biotech, infotech, where we're going in the world in terms of the world of work and how fast we need to respond and equip ourselves to respond. What are the impacts of these um, developments uh, in terms of our human response? So I'm going to just throw a bunch of questions out there, Ant, uh -huh. and then... I'm not suggesting that we try and answer them all now because some of these are kind of really out there. But I just put these out there just for just for pick 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 where you want to go with this, and we'll 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 ask answer a few questions around. It. Okay, well, okay. probe. Okay. Yeah, we're it's just throwing it out. This is just a thought provoker. <clears throat> so a computer covers centuries of human learning in a few hours. Just bang, just like that. How long? have we got to remain relevant when that's going on? How long? If that's what's happening with a chess metaphor, a chess example, what's coming at us now? Hmm. How fast? 
how long have we got to remain relevant in the work we do? I think is the is the big sucker punch question. What are the consequences for our work lives and lifelong learning? What is lifelong learning anymore? What do we need to learn, unlearn, and relearn as a result of these advancements? And remember that Alpha Zero defeated Stockfish 8 in 2017. What? This is what's coming at us. What's happened since, what? by the way? Have they had a rematch? Have they, have they, are they friends? Do they stay in touch? What? I don't know. Perhaps we ought to invite them to be um, listeners because they probably can listen. Well, yeah, probably. They'll probably take over the show. <laughs> they'll, they'll learn our voices. <laughs> in fact, actually, maybe this is not us in the podcast. Maybe this is Alpha 7 and Googlebot 76. Well, I think our, sphinx, our sphincters should be tightening. Yes. Um, well, what do you think, Ant? There, I'm just threw all that out there, and I, it needs to be brought landed now. The, the, the land the, this sucker. The, the, the middle one resonated with me more about the lifelong learning, um, but the, the what, what struck me is you've given another example of how, as you say, a tight bumhole moment, really, because I was at a conference about. 14 months ago in a pre-COVID world and during this conference this speaker had got up he'd written a book on artificial intelligence and he pretty much scared the shit out of everyone in the audience by saying <laughs> well you all of you are going to be replaced by robots what's the point and even when you challenge it to say well surely there's a tipping point because if robots take over the world there is no money for people to earn to put back into the system You've got to work to earn money to create a living for yourself. And if everything's done by robots, no one has a job. And therefore, if no one has a job, how can they afford to even fund the robots? This guy was having none of it. But he basically said, yeah, they'll all learn it. They'll learn it in a few hours, what you've learned in years. And, you know, you, you know you've seen it already starting in supermarkets, automated checkouts. And, yeah, it, it's a scary situation. I think... Um, one thing that I've yet to see a Google or a Alphabot, whatever you want to call them, thing do is be able to understand human emotion properly um, and roll with it and interact with it. Um, I have heard recently there are some things out there now that can listen out for certain challenges people might be having and things. But um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting topic. But in, in, the, in the reference of um lifelong learning um that that resonated with me the the, the b-day quote uh, b-day sorry um the other day because as a listener to this podcast you may be at a certain point in your career and looking back at those people that left school that were the academics are they necessarily you know those are the the the, the chess winners of 2016 but that doesn't mean you can't be the winner in 2017 um, because actually someone can come along um, and now they have a passion for it, which I'm guessing the Google laptop did. <laughs> I'm calling it a laptop now. Um, but the point is this lifelong learning is that the, the, the often 
there was probably an assumption by the 2016 winner because it had so many and they were told this 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 computer's only got 8000 80000 references yours has got millions well that's a foregone conclusion and in arguably employers may take on the 80 million facts knowledge base employee versus the 80000 but the difference is the desire to learn um and i think that there is a lot of people in business in leadership probably not listening to this podcast to be fair because if they are listening they're probably open-minded to lifelong learning so i i I think that's that's where i can bring the article and the the comment as one i think i haven't landed it but i've certainly given it a go of harnessing it in i think like it so um the lifelong learning point i i think lifelong learning is a series of uh, beginnings and endings and you accumulate your learning in these moments where it begins and where it ends uh they are they are sections of your learning life uh, it all amounts to a depth of knowledge a breadth of knowledge in the end that you've done all of these different things but then i bring in the word relevance so um you know there are people now who are uh, learning to be drone pilots. Um, They may or may not be relevant in about five years' time Uh, because, you know, in their masses, they just might not be because Mm -hmm. there's other kind of things that are just automating practically everything. Um, You know, the the automotive industry uh, is is an interesting area where statistically, uh, if everybody stopped driving and we embraced the driverless car, uh, there would be less road deaths in the world. Um, so, you, you know, there are, there are technolog- t- technological changes uh, which are going to make uh, the jobs now irrelevant in jobs in five years relevant irrelevant and irrelevant irrelevant as we go along yeah so we have these uh, a series of lifelong learnings ahead of us so i think um it is staying relevant uh to whatever you choose your path to be you know that distant shore that we talked about in the last session that plays to your strengths uh, and enables you to get roughly to where you want to go to. But in the meantime, you know, we're, we're thinking about uh, what, what, what kind of stuff do I need to do to be relevant? And, for example, looking after old people in old people's homes may be an extremely relevant job because i don't think you can get a computer to do that uh and the there are increasing numbers of old people in the world so you're going to have to have more of them so you know if if someone wants a little bit more job security that's not a bad idea to go down that way incidentally on the uh the drone subject Mm. the american army actually um as you know they've invested heavily in in drone technology and so they got all of these drones and then they couldn't find enough people 
to be drone pilots. <laughs> they had a massive comp- a drive to get to get drone pilots. They couldn't get them. And that's quite interesting, isn't it? And I, I think the guy you saw saying that AI is going to put us out, out of work and did that little bit of a disturb, I, I actually think that could well be nonsense. Yeah, me too. Because every time we have an industrial revolution or a technology revolution, uh, there, there is a tendency for mankind uh, to harness those changes and to work alongside those technologies and new work forms of work uh, are created. Like, who would have thought that we'd have loads and loads of drones flying around and tests going on all over the place with deliveries being delivered via drones? Mm. Um, this is this is surely uh, things... These are things that are going to be happening a lot in in the world in the next five to ten years. Ten years' time, it might be irrelevant. It might be something else. But in the meantime, we've got... Uh, loads of employment opportunities in that sphere that have come out of nowhere. Mm. And so I think it's working alongside uh, these uh, alpha zeros and stockfish eights uh, and actually understanding the human capability, um, not versus, you know, it's not going against them. It's actually how do you put these two brilliant things together you can't, you know, clearly you 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 can't you can't compete um, with being able to come up with seventy million chess moves in a second. I mean, there's, that's beyond human um, genius. You know, that that's not possible. Yeah. Or you forget. But sixty nine point nine nine million of those seventy million. Yeah, might might be the right one. And so the old people's home example technology could work really well in association with uh, a fantastic nurse um you know I, it's a i don't know it's probably a shit example but there, no no it's, you a really know, there good, are... it's, a, it's a really good example though isn't it because i know that i saw there was a robot that was detecting breast cancer yeah better than human eye could so therefore the robot with the doctor to then and then flag them it, it, it all the rejections that he said it didn't have cancer computer then said well these five i reckon have and four out of the five did but it was much earlier so this computer was proven to be able to identify cancer in an earlier stage and the fact that it could process those in minutes versus the days that this guy had been looking at the physical images you're right there is a harmonization i suspect and think of the lives it would save and the value it brings to the world Uh, absolutely so i think it's you know there, there will be a company emerging within the next five years i guarantee uh, that will harness technology and people to really look after um, the older generation more more effectively and probably more cost effectively, and to and 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 analyze and test for things before they happen, um, and to be able to look after them better. And I I embrace that. I think that's brilliant. I also think here's I'll, I'll end my little piece on this. Which is, wouldn't it be great? Uh, and this is, I can't believe I'm even supporting the idea of an algorithm. Uh, but hey, uh, <laughs> we've all got to embrace the change. 
if 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 an algorithm a sophisticated algorithm is capable of working out the most popular forms of dance music for the world so seven billion people uh, with seven billion different ideas about the kind of music that they would ever dance to an algorithm piece of technology would be able to assimilate all the information of what makes people feel uh, like oh I can feel a little oxytocin release coming on uh, when that that kind of beat happens and that music and that violin and that banjo just throw my banjo in there uh, and we get the world dancing because because technology tells us this this particular piece of music is for the world it's designed by robots um, and algorithms but it's a bullseye for maybe 70 to 80 percent of the seven billion people currently dancing around the world because they're We've we've turned them on. We've we've released their oxytocin. You've hit you've hit a note with me. <laughs> See what I did there with the music yeah. reference. Um, I suspect that a well, hey, look, I'm I want to be transformed in my thinking here. I don't think it's possible for a computer to recognise one piece of dance music that resonates with the world because the majority of music that you and I love generally over time instills or resurrects memories of when we heard that music or the type of music and the make the mood it makes us feel and when you go to different parts of the world um different music types is what everyone gets up and dances to versus blubs into a tissue to <clears throat> add in the fact that my latter point you know that song was on when this happened type of interference but hey i, I love the, the concept though i love it i love it but you see, so and with that, mm. um, what, name name your you know, a song, a dance song, not not a not a slow smoochy one, but a but a you know, a th- I'm feeling alive. I'm I'm feeling really good Saf- in my world. The Safri duo, the bongo song. Do you want me to put it on? Would you? Because I've never heard. Well, I, I probably have heard it, but yeah, I, you you're much it. more. Hold of on. a DJ than I'll ever be. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, um, and so whilst you're getting that together, it, an algorithm would recognise that uh, and the beat and the uh, beats per minute and everything else and the tune. Uh, this is, isn't there a thing that there are only so many tunes in the world and it all comes down to a particular thing? Is this it? Yeah. That's making me want to dance around my shed. Good. You'll recognise it in a second, I think. I'll skip on a bit. Hold on. I love that. I love that. Recognise it now? Ah. Is it on high speed or is that its normal? (laughs) That's its normal speed. I like it. I like it. So... Um, but yeah. you can stop that now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I so uh, there are loads. 
there are probably a few million people who would actually, you know, of their history and their musical tastes and so on. If we all did one massive, great, big survey of songs and so on, I don't know where this is kind of going anywhere, but I'm just, yeah, I'm really warming to the idea of the world having one big sodding dance where it's checked out pretty well that, you know, these are the most popular tunes that have hit number number in the top 20 yeah. in the world yeah. for the last so many years. This is what gets people going, the beat, the heartbeat, the blah, blah, blah. And we just do a whole load of research. We create this piece of music. Maybe it's an album uh, with just one great big load of music on there. And we just get dancing and we just do it. We do it in our houses, in the streets, in the pub. And we, we get the vaccine out there. <laughs> we get our vaccine and we just dance around with it and just love the world. And it's, I'm just, a, I'm feeling like a hippie. It sounds like Dirk Anthony's dream one of our listeners where they used to do music testing oh. where they'd ring up listeners going listen to this bit do you like that right okay that's testing well tick and that ladies and gentlemen is why many stations played shania twain man i feel like a woman on repeat for four fucking years it was him if you want to know who it was it was dirk and <laughs> uh, no it wasn't it was well he would say it was the listeners, listeners. it would be that's what they chose everybody. emma emma 29 i think it was housewife was the the target listener at the time anyway yeah 25 to 34 year old females yeah okay and they went for the females because the men followed yep and they are most influential to a radio ad absolutely yeah Eh, we have limited time because your jacket potato is only but 17 oh, yes. minutes away. Yes, I'm under strict orders that I'm going to be eating my jacket potato at uh, 2.30 and I, I need to build myself up for it. Yeah, yeah. And we, just like a hot potato, you need to jump across the... See, I'll tell you what, the tenuous link. You're today. really hot today. Hey, <laughs> so are you, evidently. Um, <laughs> right, I think we will limit it to... Um, it, it's a comment that you've made before, and, and I've kind of stolen it, but I know we, we share most things anyway, except for certain things. Um, so he doesn't, JB does not share wine, FYI. Um, I do. How rude. Well, out of your glass. Although, actually, I have to say, for my 40th, JB did get me a very nice um, uh, selection of wine from a local mm -hmm. vineyard. Vi vineyard? Vineyard. Vineyard. Yeah. I clearly had had one when I said it. Um, and this, this quote is um, that JB's used before is, we hire for technical skills and we fire for the inability to communicate collaborate or lead and this is something that's come out time and time again over recent weeks because the companies in which my new employer are dealing with we're talking to hr directors and business leaders asking them about the challenges that they face and actually i want the leaders listening to this podcast to really study their exit data, their people leaving data to see how true that statement is. We hire for that accountant's genius qualifications. We hire that salesperson into the manager's job because we assume they were fantastic as a seller. So therefore we can get them now to get everyone to follow their lead and be a multiplier of brilliant salespeople. And yet, when you look at the exit data, they ain't fired for being a bad salesperson. They're not fired for their inability of doing some financial work on that client because they're an accountant. They're fired because they're too difficult. They are low will. They're a mood hoover. 
they disrupt, they can't communicate, they can't collaborate. And if they're a people manager, they can't lead their people. And my comment is on this statement today, why is it that businesses still turn their noses up, especially during a pandemic, on the critical things that's gonna make their people want to stay? If you have retention issues, it's because you're probably not supporting your managers to support their people with the relevant soft skills training. That's my comment, JB, as we open up this part of the discussion. Well, yeah. The, um, didn't we cover the Model T in one of our podcasts? We did. We did. And I think that that is uh, quite an interesting model uh, to explore this. And there is always far too much emphasis on the technical abilities and not enough on the communication, collaboration, uh, emotional intelligence, quota, capability uh, of managers uh, in most organisations that I think I've ever worked in. Uh, it, it's, it's almost like it's just a kind of blind spot and this is where, when you said you wanted to cover that, that's why I thought the idea of the, the chess game between the, the computer um, programs was quite interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, we, that technology, the, the T, where the focus down the middle of the T is on the, on the, on the technical skill, how, how long will it take uh, for that, skill to become irrelevant in today's world of accountancy, uh, law, medical, professional services, whatever it happens to be, that technical skill would probably need to be updated, replaced um, by something else. Yes. Damn quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say something probably a little controversial, and that is that the top T of, of skills that are more human i don't think they're even skills it's just, it's just called being a bloody human um and actually caring being consistent um showing empathy and knowing and focusing and valuing others whether they're direct reports colleagues or bosses putting putting that humanity that's never going to change i don't think that's going to change if it does Shoot me now. No, I, because I agree with you. I, I don't want to work in a world um, where, you know, I go to bed with a drone at night and call it my wife. That's not the world I want to occupy. What does the drone look like? Does it look like a very attractive supermodel? Ooh. Yeah. Do, what do you think you inflated at night? <laughs> it comes into land and... <laughs> Is that you, darling? Oh, yes, you're just inflating. Yeah, honey, I'm home. <laughs> It's it's so I I am gonna um, slightly repurpose your phrase and say feel free we hire for technical skills and we fire for inadequacies of soft skills. Yeah, yeah. And but the, I my, wish my, there was a better way to. Sorry, Andy. No, no. All, all I'm gonna say, and I think you're gonna say the same thing. It's my lack of my, my frustration around soft skills seeing being seen as not essential in yeah. a business. Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't agree more because they're human skills. 
And isn't it funny how um, human resources uh, actually... And I'm sorry for anyone who is in HR listening. That's probably a good portion of our audience, to be fair. But carry on. <laughs> let's piss them off. And um, don't forget no, you can I... buy from either of us because we are suppliers <laughs> of education to business. <laughs> but so often, um, you know, we the, the, the story about humanity, the story about... Uh, you know, good good collaboration, good communication, and uh, caring, uh, knowing, focusing, and valuing others as as just really good abilities and things that should be in a job description. I I it frustrate it frustrates me sometimes that there isn't enough emphasis on that in in HR land. And there are obvious exceptions. All of our clients and all the people that we're always going to work with and future clients, I'm sure that you're entirely different. I think uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) I've only learned to respect HR professionals in the last five or six years because I think, and actually there is a branding issue for the role of HR in a business. I think, unfortunately, HR are often seen by many as contract and disciplinary and exit people and nothing else and maybe some holiday administration um and actually what i've learned over the last five six years has been the strategic value they bring if there's credibility that exists within that hr function but the problem is i think there's too many executive level leaders that just think that they're the former description not actually the fact that they can help you reorganize look at competencies think about the 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 soft skills that might be missing pick up on what's not being said you know all of those things um are of huge value but anyway um for fear of me accidentally saying something that means that my any existing clients that i have that are keeping warm and fuzzy with me then cut me off well um, i'd like to make a, a spontaneous invitation to hr people out there well, uh, join us join ant and me uh in a conversation on a future podcast to be determined to be arranged um, but let's let's have uh, a little bit of a, a, a chin wag uh, with some HR people. And if I have offended you, and I hope I haven't, uh, and most HR people that I talk to actually recognise the things that we have been talking about today, and that is a question of branding um, and communication sometimes. Um, and also, uh, you know, kind of uh, they are forced into a position um that uh takes them down a kind of kpi route and makes it uh, an incredibly kind of targeted environment uh, that doesn't allow for the kinds of things that we're talking about as much because soft skills when they refer to them as soft skills where's the roi yeah. uh you know you <laughs> often get that and it's like okay well being a human um is kind of low on ROI on a spreadsheet but you know in a in a business that requires trust high trust and therefore high performance it is absolutely essential and i joke about oxytocin release but in in trust in high trust teams oxytocin is massively high massively high yeah. And high trust he, teams he, he equals leaks, high performance teams. He leaks oxytocin everywhere, listeners. Ugh. 
Well, so, you know, I think it should be, I think that that should be a KPI. Let's let's test each other's oxytocin. Um, at uh, let's make a calendar appointment every quarter hour to test each other's oxytocin um, and see how we're doing. So I bet you, I bet you, if we did this analysis, we'd end up with uh, seeing which are the high performance teams and which aren't. And the ones that have the highest level of oxytocin will be the ones who are performing at their best. And they will also have the highest number of cases of sexual misconduct in the workplace. <laughs> I never had that when I was hugging everyone. No, I mean. <laughs> um, we have a listener question, um, oh, which, gosh. and we need we have six minutes before your jacket potato is ready. Okay. So I think we need to um, perhaps defer the question because it's quite a big question. So um, I'm not going to say who it is, but whoever emailed in the question on the 19th of November, we will cover it on next week's podcast as a priority. I just, I, of course, we'll get into that. I just wanted to just say hmm. a jacket potato uh, for those of our listeners in Outer Mongolia. Right. A jacket potato is uh, a normal potato, if you have such a thing there. I've never been to Outer Mongolia, but... Um, we've been to many countries, but not there. We've been, but we haven't been asked to do a programme there yet. It's where you bung your potato in the oven... And it gets all nice and crispy on the outside. And you cut in, slice into the jacket potato. And then if you're, if you're lucky, you put a nice big, you know, you're not too worried about your cholesterol. You stick a nice knob of butter in there. And one of my favorite things is we've got these kind of baked bean things, which is beans and tomato sauce. You just shove that in there bit of salad oh my god i want my jacket potato now thanks anyway it's called a jacket potato so that outer thing around a potato is a jacket thing it's like it's quite sweet really it's like a little bit of food in a jacket unfortunately i just thought that needed to be said i'm on a diet and you've now made me feel very hungry oh my god that looks awful yeah um listeners you can send your questions through to global leadership gmail.com or you can um uh, you can also uh, get in touch with us on linkedin um so those are the ways you can interact with us or lead learn pod on twitter um, with exception of your jacket potato mr bradley what are your plans for the forthcoming seven days oh my goodness well i've got uh a big contract to sign uh, which is um to do with a load of courses that i'm creating um and that's going online so that's um scaring me to death but i think it's going to be quite fun uh and important for next year and then um i've got my book which has we've got we it's it's arrived uh, not in hardback or or whatever but it, it, on in in um in my computer after this the first thing i'm going to go and do is look at this book it is there and Ooh. then i uh, yeah next uh, maybe tuesday wednesday we're going to press the button for the book to actually get printed oh yes the no normal leader will be out 
just before Christmas, fortuitously, cunningly, lily. Anyway, so that's going to be a lot of work. And then you and I are doing um, some work. So actually, it's a busy crazy, crazy, days. crazy yeah. busy time in the shed. I what have, about you, Ant? Um, uh, well, we're still in lockdown, aren't we? So not a vast amount. Um, it's some Lego building, I believe, with the middle son. Um, some football with the older son and probably changing nappies of the youngest son. Um, that sounds a bundle of laughs. Doesn't it just? Uh, after we've hit stop on our recording, we must schedule in our live first live recording oh, with an audience yes so for those of you listening to the podcast if you are interested in being in the audience as we record it we're going to start recording this in front of an audience via zoom and you can join us and you can either listen to our usual bants live um or you can come with a question to ask us and you don't have to you can do it anonymously as you many of you do already but you can do it in the chat box we'll read out the question and we'll discuss it so it will be useful even if you just want to come and listen because you like listening to the questions that are asked as well as interacting and laughing along um or you of course can also continue doing it in the usual way so straight after the recording is done the 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 zoom live broadcast it will then be straight out on all podcast platforms. Anyway, um, I'm conscious JB's probably just had his his darling wife wave across the garden or something. I just had a little wave. It's only a little one. The next one will be um, more serious. Yeah, uh, it'll be like a little warning. I only get only get three, and then I'm in trouble. Okay. Well, it's um, it's good. I've been Anthony Price. We did not. We didn't do the question and what question. Oh no! I said I said earlier on. I said we'll do it on another episode. So I apologise. Oh, the I'm sorry. I said we'll do it on the next episode. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I missed. I missed that. Um, so we. Sorry, listener. We. Uh, your question um, wasn't as important as important as my jacket potato. Sorry. I will, I will give you the question, and yes. we can then kick oh, off good. with the next one. The the question. For a, so for a change, I'll be able to think about it. Yes, and um, for, for for a long time. Um, it is um, working in a remote world. How do I make sure that I keep an eye on my team's mental health? <gasps> Ooh, mm, deep one. Good. Anyway. Good. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. Um, sorry for the delay uh, on that. We'll get to it on the next podcast. Yeah. That's for sure. We will not forget that. I have been Anthony Price. And I've been Jonathan Bradley. And to be honest, it is me and it is Ant. We are not yet technologically advanced enough to call ourselves computers. Uh, beep, 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 beep. Meow.